what's the best thing to do to come out of a slump uh, after a game, after a, a, a tough defeat? Um, I think you can spin your wheels unless you can kind of accurately uh, locate where the breakdown is, is happening. And, and all of a sudden that hole just seems deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, so I think honest evaluation is the beginning. And, and then I think simplification, you know, I, I really believe that um, you start to make your goals smaller and you start to, you know, have these many achievements, these many victories. And, and those, those really, although they don't seem like a lot, where you're trying to go, they start to build the confidence and the momentum to get to where you're ultimately trying to get back to. Welcome to Through the Tunnel, a Game Change Productions podcast that dives into sports and the life lessons that can be learned from them. The podcast is inspired by the book of the same name, written by Game Change co-founders Paul McDonald and yours truly, Jack Barrage. On the show today, Paul and I are joined by former Major League Baseball star Jim Abbott. We discuss with Jim the no-hitter he threw when pitching for the Yankees and how it came on the heels of a long slump. Jim provides great feedback on how to work through challenging times. We hope you enjoy the show, and please check us out at GameChangeNation.com or on one of our social media pages. So in September of 1993, while pitching for the Yankees, you threw a no-hitter against the Cleveland Indians. But you had a game against them just a few days earlier back in Cleveland, which was a little different. Talk about that game first. Yeah, the no hitter came out of the out of the blue because uh, just a few days before my previous start against the exact same team, but in Cleveland, um, I had faced them and had a rough outing. Uh, didn't you know? I don't think I made it out of the third inning. I don't know how many runs or hits or errors, whatever it was, but uh, they had seen enough from me by about the third inning that I got yanked out of that game. And um, you know, I had been traded to the Yankees to start that season, so it was a, a different time. And it was kind of a tumultuous year, up and down. Loved playing in New York. I loved the fans. I loved Yankee Stadium. I loved the Yankee organization. Uh, but I didn't perform the way I wanted to. So that outing in Cleveland where I got shelled um, was a low point, a real, real low point in the season. And um, so the idea that a no-hitter might follow that five days later or six days later, because we did have an off day in between, um, was rather shocking and improbable. <laughs> yeah, after that, after that Cleveland game, didn't you? Well, not after it, actually during it. Didn't you just leave the clubhouse and go for a run? I did. Yeah, I, I had a. Um, you know, I didn't respond sometimes to losing as well as I would have liked to. In hindsight, you know, I, um, I, I took defeat a little bit too hard. I wish I would have been easier on myself, and sure. and that was an example of that. Um, you know the frustrate. You build yourself up for five days for a start. Uh, you go out there, and then three innings later, you're done, and you don't don't know, don't know what to do with all that preparation and that excitement and that adrenaline, and you're just out of the game. And um, you know, a lot of times I would find a stationary bike, or you know, in this case, there really wasn't much of one in the old uh, Cleveland uh, locker didn't room. Much Cleveland, no. They didn't have much of anything. So I can attest to that. <laughs> I just put on my uh, you know running shorts and t-shirt and, and running shoes, and I, I just went for a run, which is, you know, maybe not, you know looked well upon you know in, in the heat of the moment when sure. your teammates are still out there i can fighting. imagine if somebody happened by you going 
Isn't that the guy who just pitched for the Yankees? Yeah, he was just pitching. Yeah, yeah. That was familiar. Buck Showalter actually called me in the office and asked me what I was thinking in that instance. But uh, (laughs) um, yeah, it was, you know, that physical exertion. We talked, you know, you talk about moving past, you know, slumps and disappointment. Oftentimes I turned to, you know, just physical. Right. Working out some, you know, the building blocks of preparing again and starting over, and I guess that was the start of it. Maybe working out to, to fatigue, so that you sort of like sort of let it fall away. All the th- all the stuff that happened to you, so that you can begin anew. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it's emotional and physical. You know, it's it's cathartic almost, and um, um, you know, I, I really use that that physical release as, as as a way to start transitioning to the next start even if I had a good game you know the next day was always a long run it was always an endurance type of workout it was always you know I I know that they train differently nowadays and I don't know that I don't know how much they believe in some of that stuff but for myself and a lot of starting pitchers that used to be sort of the you know good long endurance run and and sweat it out and start over and start building back up I never knew that um what was your mindset going into the no hitter because you obviously just I've had a tough season, a really tough game. Was there something different in going into that game or your mindset changed a little bit? You know, uh, I think of a, a number of different things. So in the series in between Cleveland and when we were going to play Cleveland next, we played the Chicago White Sox. They came to New York. And uh, I had two really good friends on the uh, Chicago White Sox team, Kirk McCaskill, who I pitched with in uh in Anaheim, and then Robin Ventura, who I played uh, on the Olympic team with, and they came to town, and and we went out and uh, after the game and uh, um, had a couple beers and just relaxed, and it was just really good to see old friends. It re- I mean, and and I doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a, it was a nice way to just sort of get out of the 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 treadmill of of, of New York and expectations and scrutiny and. And um, and I don't know. There was just something about hanging out with them that really mm. kind of reset my thinking. Um, kind of emphasized what's important, you know, good friends, and yeah. and it's not entirely about the pressure, the grinder of this next start. Right, right. And and then you know the day came about. It was Saturday day game. I loved pitching day games. I loved pitching in Yankee Stadium, and I just felt a lightheartedness. I just I just felt like a, some of the heaviness of the season and of being traded uh, for for whatever reason didn't seem as prevalent that morning it's so important and i have a son that's playing quarterback as you know jim at bowling green and um the discussions i have some people think well you're talking like you know three-step drops and how to read coverages no none of that it's all mindset it's all the feeling it's all the um, state of mind when you go and enter a contest right uh and it's so easy to beat yourself up uh, because as athletes, uh, everyone points at your mistakes more so than your, your successes. So, uh, you know, I think it's really interesting just hearing you talk about, you know, sort of letting it go and moving on and being in that calm state of the fact that we're just playing a game. Yes. We're just playing a game. If you can take it back to maybe even in your youth, right? Uh, that sort of mindset could be valuable, and it, and it sounds like that's what helped you. You're right. You can get so caught up in the mechanics of what you're doing. You can get so caught up in the, the mental preparation, the visualization. You have so many coaches around. You have so much scrutiny um, that the game 
the fun can get lost. You're exactly right. I mean, I we love to play golf and right. And how many times do you get out there and you're thinking about your backswing or your your head play or something, and and all of a sudden you're not playing a game anymore. You're 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 caught up in a lot of little different things that can really, you know, take the joy out of it and um, I, create the, tension, create tension, create stress, and 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 distraction. You know, it's really fun when you can get back to start having fun again. Despite being, you know, in an incredibly competitive environment. What's the movie where uh, Major League, where the the pitcher had this clear the mechanism mm-hmm. comment? Uh, yeah, I think so. Clear right. the mechanism. I don't remember What's that. that? that was I remember the movie. Remember that? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, in fact, that's one of the things Matthew does for himself, uh, and it's helped him. Did you have anything when you're on the mound? Uh, you got to, you know, their big hitter coming up. This is an important at bat and. You got to get them out. Anything that you did that allowed you to take you back to you know the fun. You know, I had a lot of mechanisms like that. Another great movie was for the love of the game yes. with Kevin Costner, and yes. he does. They they really try to the book especially is wonderful, and they really try to get into the mental you know thoughts of a pitcher, particularly between innings. You know, because baseball is is a game of stops and starts. You know, you have your three outs and then you have that time in between where you have that time to reset a little bit so yeah I you know if you ever saw a major league dugout it's a pretty filthy floor you know there's <laughs> sunflower seeds and every anything you can imagine sitting down there chewing tobacco uh, yeah everything and and so you know my mechanism would be to mentally reset would be kind of just clean off that floor in front of me you know just right kind of keep you, that where you were sitting. tidy yeah and huh. then, and then on the mound you know you have the you have the mound and then you have your pitching rubber and you know that gets dirty and covered up and and I always like to you know between every inning you know go out there and sort of make sure that that was clean you know there was a reset there and and so uh, yeah those symbols were important and that was more of like a mental reset than actually any sort of physical reason to have the the rubber clean. You're just kind of clearing your head. It's a yeah, way of clearing it was, your head. it was symbolic of whatever negativity or whatever thoughts that you were sort of carrying along with you. You know, because those get in the way of being in the moment, being present. And um, you know, I just felt like trust is so important. You know, belief, conviction, in pitching. You know, and and being quarterback. You can't hold back, you know. You can't hope that a throw is going to make it to that spot where you're trying to get it, or a pitch is going to. You can't. And if you just hold back a little bit, you lose that that extra dimension that is necessary. That life on a fastball or a, or a pitch, and so conviction and trust and execution really revolves around that around that that idea. You know, to be able to finish. You know, to reach and get out here and, and make that happen. In every major league stadium, there's a there's a flag, American flag, and at the top on the flagpole, there's a a, a metal ball. Right. You probably can see it. Right. Um, and I used to find that in every stadium, that 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 gold ball, and and I would imagine the word trust written on it. Interesting. And so if things sped up on me during a game. You know, if if I was caught up uh, in Oakland and, you know, Ricky Henderson's up and McGuire's coming and Jose Canseco after that and Dave Henderson, you know, I could always, you know, realize that I had moved away from the moment and go back to that gold ball and imagine the word trust. And uh, it was a nice way of bringing you back to the moment. Interesting. Speaking of back to the moment, let's go back to the no-hitter. So 
on that day, did you kind of make a decision to just keep it simple and using the word trust, just trust your stuff and not go in there and try and be too fine or be too perfect, but just let it rip? Was, was that part of your mindset going into that game? Yeah, a, it, a trusting mindset was the goal. And, um, you know, our, my catcher that day uh, was Matt Noakes. And, and Matt was, wasn't our starting catcher. My guy named Mike Stanley was our starting catcher, who was, a, you know, he, he had a, was having a better offensive year. But Matty was no slouch himself. Um, but oftentimes, for a day game, after a night game, you'll have, you know, your, your, right. your backup catcher, so to speak. Um, and, and I always kind of like that. They, they bring an enthusiasm to being in the lineup. And, and, you know, and, and so they kind of show up with the coffee and they're fired up, you know. And, and, and I'll never forget before the game, you know, he had the Indians lineup and it brought back some bad memories from that <laughs> previous game. Yeah. And, um, you know, but we talked about it not being important about what the competition was bringing to the table, whether it was Kenny Lofton Speed or Albert Bell or. Uh, Jim Tomey, whoever was in it didn't really matter. You know, the, the, the trust, the belief in, in letting the pitch go. And whatever happens, happens after that. But making the best possible pitch you can over and over again. And, and Matty really emphasized that. And his enthusiasm helped to bring that home. That's awesome. Did you have that same sort of attitude, let's say, when you were playing the Steelers or somebody like that, of like, hey, I can't think about the fact that I got the Steelers in front of me. I just got to do my thing. You didn't have time to think. A little different, you know, than than a pitcher on the mound, right? Well, they're chasing Jim you around. Talked about. Jim gets to sit on the mound throw without anybody trying. Well, they to hit come him. At, could come after him with a bat if they wanted <laughs> oh, to. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot worse. Well, yeah, that's but uh, I think uh, the beginning of the game, um, you know, there's anxiousness, butterflies, which is really normal. Excitement about the game, and but once you get in there, and once you get under center, and you're calling the signals, and um, I'm sure you you can say the same thing, Jim. It's uh, you're just in the moment, and you're doing what you've been trained to do, what you've been trained to do your entire life, you know, um, and you don't get caught up in what's going on around. In fact, when the ball's in your hands, the ball snaps, you kind of hear a buzz from the crowd. You, you kind of hear the crowd, you kind of hear some things, but once you have the ball in your hands, it sort of goes blank. It's just like white noise quiet. White noise quiet, and because you're just, you're in, the, you're in your little space doing what you do, and I'm sure you've experienced Is this the same that same thing. thing as a pitcher? Where it's just, you don't even hear, once you're on the mound, you don't even hear the crowd? Yeah, yeah, it didn't really matter. Uh, I found the bigger the crowd, the easier it was to tune out. You know, oh, interesting. It, because it's so monolithic. I, I'm sure in football stadiums it's like that. It's just a constant hum rather than a smaller crowd. You hear all the dissonant voices and different things. Right, you know, people right, yelling. Right, right. And, 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 so uh, I always found it was funny watching the, the, the athletes play in football or baseball uh, during the pandemic playing in these big right. empty right. stadiums. And you hear like the coach oh. yelling instructions. That's so weird. It's like an echo goes yeah. through the whole stadium. Yeah, it was very strange. Right. And and to witness and, and um, you know, I, I, and I'm sure this is the same thing with you, Paul. People say, how do you play in front of, you know, 40,000 people or whatever? And and I didn't really appreciate that question until I saw the pandemic happen. And, and you know, these huge stadiums with, you know, 50 people sitting around. Yeah. Right. 
And, and I thought, man, that would be really hard. It'd be harder to play like that yeah. than it would to play in a, you know, with thousands of people there because it, it, it's just a different energy and, and, and excitement. And so, um, yeah, that was pretty interesting, I thought. So in baseball, a no-hitter is obviously a really special thing. At what point in the game are you aware of the fact that you've got one? And at what point does it start feeling like, oh, six more outs, five more outs? Did that ever happen for you? So I noticed about the fifth inning, to be honest, which is way too early, right? Because it, it's just, you know, you have yeah. four innings to go. Um, but <laughs> mostly because it was so different from that last outing, you know, when I'd probably give up a hit the first batter, uh, you know, look up and see him not have any hits. And then, you know, you just pick up on subtle cues that are going on around you in the in the... In the dugout, you know, guys are, you know, the stupid superstition where no one's talking to you. No one's talking to you. To you. It's yeah. like a field goal kicker. Yeah. Can I ask you about that real fast before you go on? Do you, would you prefer that they came up and talked to you? <laughs> because it is the superstition and they want nothing to do with you at that point. Right. If you had your druthers, would you rather have them come sit next to you and talk to you? Or do you want to be left alone when you're in that kind of, in that kind of a zone, if you will? Well, I think most starting pitchers, if you watch them on the, on the dugout or in the dugout, for the ones who don't go down in the tunnel, you do kind of like your space. I mean, you do kind of like that quiet reset like we were speaking about. Right. So um, it's not like you're chatty anyway, right. but it's the overall quietness in the dugout that nobody else is talking either. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's when you notice that, yeah, don't you talk know, to you know don't talk to you're getting the seventh, eighth inning and the you know, ninth, before the ninth. And, and um, yeah, so it... it you don't like difference, you know. You want it to sort of feel the same, even sure. if you're kind of in your own world. Uh, you know, the different atmosphere is something that. So, it, were you still cleaning the floor and doing everything yeah, oh, you yeah, always did? For sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, had a tongue depressor. I always sat next to the medical kit. I had a tongue depressor. You know, I'd clean the uh, my cleats off in That's between. Awesome. So it was always these little resets. Always these little, you know, cleansing. Which takes you to that yeah. present moment, takes you into the now, right? Instead of looking forward, which, you know, you start thinking too much. First of all, you're thinking, right. which you shouldn't be doing, right? right? Uh, that's the big mistake is yeah. thinking. I remember in a preseason game, and I was vying with Brian Seidt for the starting job in preseason 1983 with a new offensive coordinator, and I was trying not to make a mistake. I was thinking. I was, oh, don't, you know... Don't risk this. Don't risk that. You can't play like that. You got to play like you know how to play, and you got to react. Yeah, no and respond. Doubt. No doubt. And when you and it sounds like that's what you absolutely did, yeah. in the no hitter, you stayed in that moment, and you focused on the process. Yeah. I've yeah. always been curious. Now it's the ninth inning, so everything you just said, yeah, theoretically is great. But are you when you're three, two, one out away from having a no hitter? Are you starting to get nervous? Like, what's your mindset like in that ninth inning? Because now you're really close. Yeah. Uh, nervous, not, not so much nervous, but excited. And, and the feelings are very much the same, uh -huh. you know. Um, real excitement, you know, real. Yeah. That, that gets your adrenaline going. Right. Um, the heart, heart racing, the physical, you know, manifestations of that excitement. Uh, are right there, just like nervousness, exactly the same way, and and but maybe the positive side of nervousness. Yeah, yeah, it it it, it you cue into it, and but I I think um, being on the cusp of something really exciting 
is can be as much of a battle as being in the face of real adversity. You know, right? Because you right. you're you're excited in the same ways, and you can be distracted in the same ways, and 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 um, so I felt it. You know, I felt it in my knees and my chest. You know, in my breathing, and breathing is you know a whole other topic that we can talk about over and over again about the importance of that in, in those types of situations. Right. Um, but it was fun. You know, it was exciting. Okay. And, and and I, I had a no hitter earlier in the season against the Chicago White Sox, and Bo Jackson uh, flared a ball out into the outfield. It was a pretty good pitch. I believe it was the eighth inning. And and so I knew how fickle yeah, this is, sure. right? I knew how much yeah. luck is involved, and sure. you can make a good pitch. And guy can hit a ball into the dirt and rolls easy. eight feet and beats it out, and there's there's your no hitter yeah, gone. Easy. Yeah. So, um, you know, being in that similar situation earlier in the year kind of helped me to I wouldn't say be resigned, but to understand, hey, you know, just make your pitches, and if it happens, it, it's going to happen. And uh, so that's kind of what I was thinking. So when that final out happened, was that just one of the in your totality of your career, just one of those elation moments? That how what was walk us through that feeling of now you have the no hitter. Uh, it was a ground ball to shortstop. Randy Velarde was our shortstop. Who was a was a great player, and and Donnie Mattingly was our first baseman. And Donnie was the captain in New York, and he was you know Derek Jeter before Derek Jeter, and uh, someone who I looked up to greatly as a teammate and as a friend. And uh, when Donnie caught the ball at first base to get uh, the last batter, Carlos Baerga at first base, it, it 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 it's like the world stops. It almost goes a little bit black, you know. It's just you, you it, it's like the suddenness of it, the excitement of it, like, like whoa. You know, it happened. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this thing, you know, this this buildup, this pressure that had been coming, um, and then I wish everybody in the world could feel like that moment. You know, just that excitement, that that much uh, presence and joy, and and to share it. You know, team sports are the best. Uh, you know, I love right because you got a, you got twenty five guys jumping all you're over you. You're not just doing it by yeah. yourself. Totally. Yeah, you're and they're as excited as you are because yeah, they're they really, really they happy had a part in, the, in right. the whole thing. They really are. And uh, you know, Wade Boggs was a Hall of Fame. He was our third baseman, and he had an appreciation for baseball and, and history. And and I remember the look in his eyes, how excited he was, you know, and and to share that. And then my wife was there, and and. She was in the tunnel, you know, as soon as we got up there, and, and she and I went out in New York that night, and, um, you know, it's just such a shared deal, and, and it uh, I really cherish it for those reasons. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Through the Tunnel. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. It'll really help others who love sports and the lessons they provide to find the show, and together, create Game Change Nation, a community that is dedicated to lifting each other up. Also, we'd love to hear your stories, so please visit GameChangeNation.com or any of our social media pages to give us your take on sports and life. And finally, check out our book, Through the Tunnel, which is now available on Amazon. Thanks again for listening, and have an awesome day.